You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, the All-American. And Dan. It's my favorite time of the year. This is my Christmas week, man. Big Milk, Big some... Milk, what they do, Big Milk. Shout, shout out uh, to the Big Milk <laughs> reference. Um, it's, it's football week. It's time to play the games, yeah. man. It's week one. We, hey, look, we played it. Look, we, we, we here to play the games. That's what all the off-season for the off-season workouts, all the all the running up and down and the, and the lifting. That's what we do it for. Yeah, we're not that great at off-seasoning in Gainesville. Off-season's not our thing in Gainesville. We always have a rough off-season of, like, weird news and stuff like that. But when it's time to play the games, that's when we get in our bag with Dan Mullen. So it's time to play the games. How y'all boys feeling? I'm, I'm excited, man, especially because there, there was a time that we all were uh, we're not sure that this season was going to happen. So I'm excited for that first kickoff. I'm excited for for everything. I'm excited for any time that we get the chance uh, to play football. Uh, and I'm excited about this first week, man. We get uh, to welcome Lane Kiffin back to the SEC. We get to welcome Matt Corral to an SEC defense again. Um, man, I'm here for it. I'm excited. Yeah. And I get Lane. to see you guys on Saturday, so I'm here for it all. Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral got to see these hands this Saturday. Yeah, we pulling, we all pulling up. We're gonna do some, we're gonna do some Stadium Miguel things in the um, in the Big Three Roller Studio this weekend. We're gonna hang out a little bit. I'm here for Patreons. Y'all get a treat from us. We're gonna hang out, and do some things. We'll let y'all know what the, uh, the details are. Absolutely. Well, boys, we got a we got a really big show this week, so I'm excited uh, for what we got ahead of us. But as always, this podcast is sponsored by our friends over at the Thomas Firm, uh, which is going to handle all of your insurance claims for property or damage to your home or business. Their lawyers have over 20 years of experience handling roof damage and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires. They work all over the state of Florida, and no claim is too big or too small for them. So if you suspect that you have some damage to your home, give the Thomas Firm a call for your free consultation to ensure that you're insurance company is going to pay what you are owed for the complete repair to your home. No charge unless they recover what you're owed from the insurance company. Give them a call 813-221-2525 and you can visit them at tntattorneys.com. Again, it's the Thomas Firm, 813-221-2525. Boys, obviously huge week uh, welcoming the Gators back, but uh, want to give a shout out to a bunch of former Gators that made some big plays in the NFL. It seems like this year is really a year that the Gators are really, you know, exceeding at the first couple of weeks of the season. So a uh, big shout out to Jared Davis, who had a big, big hit uh, against the running back of uh, the Gangsta. Green Bay Packers. That was violence at his finest. Yeah, I, I I could hear the uh, the hit all the way down in uh, down in South yeah. Florida this weekend. Y'all seen Keanu Neal hit? Oh, no, we're gonna get it. there. Oh, that's that violence. That's violence. Yeah, bro. Mm. Don't, don't worry. We will get there. So if you haven't seen uh, Jared Davis's hit, uh, good to see him uh, still doing his thing uh, with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jordan Reed, two touchdowns. It had been over 600 days since his last touchdowns. Uh, we talked about it on the show. We weren't quite sure that he was going to make it back, uh, but two big touchdowns for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, no, including I, over I Marcus Bay on one of them. Yeah, shout out on the Gator on Gator violence there. I wasn't uh, worried about a sure. I know he wanted to come back. I, I don't know if it's cool for him to be back. 
But shout out to Jordan Reed for getting buckets, man. I hope he stays healthy this whole yeah. season and avoid any head injuries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, honestly uh, what a lot of people don't know, Jordan Reed is, is one of those guys that, he, like, he was really, really good. Like, I, I think people underestimate how really good he was. I mean, this guy, you know, we do one-on-ones and whatnot. His route running and, you know, how he how he takes the steps and come off the ball is, is outstanding. Shout out to Jordan. Absolutely. Uh, also, shout out to uh, to Joe Hayden, who got a uh, an interception. Joe Hayden had a rough week one. Uh, came back week two with an interception on a tipped pass from Jeff Driscoll, of all people, uh, as the uh, as the Steelers beat the Denver Broncos. And then, as you said, Ahmad, a huge hit by Keanu Neal against the Dallas Cowboys, who blew that game with about five seconds left. Um, I think that this might be the uh, the final couple days for Dan Quinn, uh, former greatest defense coordinator there uh, with the uh, uh, Atlanta Falcons boys. Yeah, days look like they're getting short over there, Dan. Yeah, man. And then I think the big one, Silk, I'm, I'm saving this one for last for you because you started the hashtag, Freddie to the Swamp, bring Freddie to the Swamp. Get Swain to the Swamp. Nephew yeah. Freddie got busy, man. He out there hooping. I think he's going to become a Russell Wilson's. Favorite yeah, little slide got there in a minute, man. Yeah. Um, so shout out to when Russell get in trouble, something just to absolutely. take down to him and whatnot. It was nice. They designed him. Um, they like that was designed for him to drag him out there in the flats along. Um, he secured the catching guy in the end zone. A lot of people on the timeline were saying that Freddie was going to be a special teams guy. He got drafted late, and uh, they didn't keep him on the roster for receiver things. A lot of a lot of trash talk, but Freddie out here getting buckets. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And he had a, a great catch in uh, right the middle of the field, ran over to the end zone, or ran over to the sideline up in the end zone, beat out former Gators defense back J.C. Jackson, got his first touchdown. Man, it was a, a thrill to see that. Uh, other big news, what happened? Um, Cam Newton threw an interception to Quentin Dunbar. Uh, but Dunbar. all in all, Gators making some noise in the first couple weeks of the NFL. Shout out to Joe Hayden, too. I think Joe is aging very well as a defensive back, man. He really yeah, for is. Sure, for sure. Absolutely. This is, what, his nine, probably 10th year uh, in 11th. the NFL? 11th year. 11th. Oh, yeah, him and Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, Carlos is uh, his 11th year. Um, and then yeah, finally. Carlos, Carlos Pouncey, and Joe. Yeah, and Joe. Man, it's incredible, incredible seasons. Uh, and then baby Hendo, our big Hendo, sorry, older Hendo, uh, had a big game for the Jaguars again, including a, a nice one-on-one -on -one tackle uh, on Derrick Henry um, in their game uh, this past Sunday as well. So Gators flourishing. Thanks, Cam, for that reminder. But Gators flourishing all over the NFL. Uh, so great to see it, boys. All right, I think this is the time that everybody's been waiting for since January, maybe since February. Let's get in to Gator News of the Week where we're actually going to talk about some football this season. And as always, Gator News of the Week is sponsored by our friends over at Roof Soldier. Roof Soldier is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether you've experienced any recent roof leaks or damage or simply want to take advantage of having your roof inspected as we head into the busiest uh, and coming towards the end of hurricane season, give Roof Soldier a call uh, at one roofs fl or visit their website, roofsoldier.com. Let them know that Stadium and Gale sent you. All right, boys, let's get a couple pieces of housekeeping out of the way, and then we'll dive into this season. All right. 
So first piece of big news is that the dead period in recruiting was extended until January 1st. So no on-campus uh, visits until then. That's a big kind of recruiting update. Um, team update, however, uh, new titles were announced for your offensive coaching staff uh, for this season. Most notably, Brian Johnson is now listed as the sole offensive coordinator. Uh, John Hevesy and Billy Gonzalez, uh, who have been with Dan Mullen for quite some time, were previously listed as co-offensive coordinators uh, in 2019. Uh, John Hevesy's new title is now running game coordinator and offensive line coach, and uh, Billy Gonzalez's title is now passing game pardon me, coordinator and wide receivers coach. Tim Brewster, new um, tight end coach, it was also given the title of assistant head coach, which has previously not been used before. So again, Brian Johnson, new offense coordinator, John Hevesy, run game coordinator, Billy Gonzalez, passing game coordinator, and Tim Brewster, assistant head coach. Those were your big pieces of news from a coaching perspective. Any thoughts there, boys? I like that he finally got that title on there. I, I thought I thought he already had it. I've been calling him offense coordinator this whole time, man. So shout out to Brian Johnson, man. I think we got to keep him on the fold. I think he's the next big superstar in this coaching world. I think he's gonna take off when he really get the keys to something. Hey Dan, yes, um, question: um, Do they do they up the pay with 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 the, with the name change? That's a question. I, I don't. I'm the offensive coordinator. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. Pay like the offensive coordinator. <laughs> like, what's going on? You know, I don't. I don't <laughs> think that they announced anything. I would imagine that all of them okay. will be getting. Uh, I, I know that a number of them are under their original contract. Maybe got extended after their first season. I know most of these guys are under two year contracts. Nothing's been released, but I, I would imagine that Brian Johnson uh, will be getting a sizable raise over the next few years, or probably over the next year. Pardon me. I would imagine that John Hevesy and Billy Gonzalez will probably get you know, some sort of raise. Uh, Tim Brewster uh, probably is kind of where he's going to be. I would imagine the biggest contract change that we'll see over the next few years, Ahmad, is that of our friend Christian Robinson, who just a few years ago was making $80,000. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, but those are title updates. So we saw that uh, Mike Norvell, head coach of Florida State, was diagnosed with COVID uh, and will not be coaching uh, this weekend against Miami. Crazy, 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 man. Speaking that of boy dodged, that, that boy dodged bullets, boy. Yeah, he dodged Florida and Miami this season. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what. Um, in your thoughts, if Dan Mullen got COVID and he could no longer be able to coach for a game or two, who do you think would take over? And then I guess if it's different, who would you like to take over? I, mean, so I, guess, I, guess, I guess you're talking like play calling, right? Yeah, play calling. Well, I'm talking about just overall head coach, right? I mean, somebody's got to take kind of that 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 field general perspective, you know, during game day and during the game week. Obviously, there's going right. to be, you know, some direction led by Dan Mullen from afar. But, you know, in terms of, you know, game day, uh, who do you think would be the head coach? And if it's different, who do you want to be the acting head coach? Just in a hypothetical world. I mean, you could go with Grantham or, or, or Brian Johnson. Right, because they're both like OCDC, so you can go either one of them, and their play calling stays the same. I think mm -hmm. Brian Johnson can call the play. I think the most interesting thing would be who called the plays for Dan Mullen. And obviously, it looks like Brian Johnson right now, but you could go either way, Brian Johnson or Grantham. I wouldn't mind Grantham. Okay, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I would say the same. Uh, you know, you know, knowing that those guys call it, you know, majority of the plays um, already. 
um, you know, Dan Mullen is the general, you know, he's, he's the head guy, but, but also I think we'll be, you know, just as fine with, with, with uh, Grantham and Brian Johnson. You think they can zoom Dan in on the sidelines? Like, can we zoom <laughs> on the bro, I ain't gonna lie, I saw him with 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 an iPad with Norval on it. Right. Do with the little yeah, wheels like, like a little robot. Like, why yeah, bro, that's just funny, bro. At least hit me on the like if I'm watching it at the crib, you hit me up and be like, yo, what do you think? Let me and just like, get yeah. get you on FaceTime or whatever. Like, where yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what are you seeing on 4K that we're not seeing on the field? You give um, you give Trask a, a cell phone with FaceTime and he has Dan Mullen staring at him. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You know, I'd be curious uh, to to know. Um, you know, I, I think that you guys are both right. I mean, I think the obvious answer is either your offensive coordinator or your defense coordinator. I want to throw a little wrench into that and kind of see what your guys' thoughts are. Um what would you guys think of a guy like Greg Knox? Greg Knox was the coach that stuck around after Dan Mullen got hired. Uh, do you think that a, oh. a guy like him would get some play? A guy that's been with Dan Mullen for nine years, um, maybe doesn't have to do as much, you know, scheming when it comes to to calling plays on game day, something like that. Or nah, I kind of won't. I won't. I think he's <laughs> gonna focus on recruiting <laughs> during the game. I said what I said, Dan. <laughs> I think, yeah, man. I don't think. I think. I don't think. Greg Knox is the guy for to be leading yeah. the charge, bro. You think Greg Knox is no, no think the recruiting pitches during the game? I get it, man. I get it. Um, <laughs> no, nah, just throw throw that out there. That's the only other person that I could think of. Um, just because game, you know, day to day responsibilities aren't He's as the last person I get the keys to. Okay, Mark. On That's the staff, I'll probably get to C Rob first. Like, let me see what C Rob can do first. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, you know, a lot of, you know, what's, what's interesting is you think about it, there's a number of coaches on, on Florida staff uh, that could probably take over that role. You know, Greg Knox was at Mississippi state head coach during their bowl game. Uh, Ron English has some experience. Uh, Todd Grantham obviously has experience. Um, right. You know, who else am I missing? Hevesy, uh, Billy Gonzalez. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have a lot of gears together, uh, understand the system and a number of guys have, uh, have experience, um, you know, as, as the head ball coach should be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully that's not a situation we have to deal with, but thought it might be an interesting, uh, you know, little discussion to have, uh, before we get into some kind of predictions on the year, uh, big shout out to Thomas Goldcamp. Uh, the roster was finally announced today. I want to go over some, some big uh, roster changes in terms of, you know, players that have gained a bunch of weight, maybe some guys that have lost a bunch of weight. Um, but just to see if any of these names stick out. So bear with me. This is going to kind of be a laundry list of things. Just stop me. If you guys want to, to pop in here, um, Michael Tarquin gained 33 pounds from last year to this year. So shout out to him. Even bigger shout out to our boy, Ethan White, uh, who says he's lost 35 pounds. I'm going to venture. It's a lot more than that. Um, but talk about a guy that's completely changed his body since he uh, came to Gainesville. Kingsley Ugakin added 28 pounds. Zachary Carter added 27 pounds. Zachary Carter is all, all, already starting to look like a, a man child out there last season at 27 pounds, uh, I think is going to make him a, a monster on that defensive line. Uh, Dante Lang converted tight end who now plays defensive line added 25 pounds. Uh, Chris Bogle, uh, added 24 pounds, uh, and Jeremiah Moon added 22, and then Lloyd Summerall added 22 uh, pounds as well. So all of those guys in kind of that buck, uh, you know, stand-up linebacker uh, position or stand-up uh, end position. Um, excited to see Bogle 24 pounds more, and then you know Moon as he you know starts to shape his body. I mean, I think that we've all thought that this could be a a, a good year uh, for him. Adding into that, David Reese. Uh, who's coming off of the injury added 21 pounds. Sean Davis adding 21 pounds. 
Um, Richard Garage added 18. Josiah Pierre added 17. Trent Winnebar 16. Uh, and then Teradel Slayton uh, lost, uh, I think, about 16 or 18 pounds. So big shout out uh, to all of those guys. Really changing the makeup of Florida's roster uh, from a physical standpoint with uh, with Savage. Yeah, that, that definitely helped with like injuries. So, um, you know, whether they know it or not, you know, when you're adding this weight on there, um, they can help you, you know, stay stay injury free. You know, and I can never understand that, you know, back when I played. And, it's, you know, now that I look back, I'm like, hey, you know, I was lighter here and I kind of, you know, was nicked up a little bit here. And, you know, um, you know, but those guys know, like Coach Savage, he knows, you know, Mickey Marotti knew, and, you know, he, I'm sure he taught Savage. And Savage, Savage is getting these guys in the situations to where they're durable. And, we, and you know, it's a long season and, uh, we need them in the SEC championship. We don't need guys getting banged up. So, yeah, I think you, most of those guys you named were trench guys, trenches guys. So that's the yep. most important thing. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Not, we're not seeing our defensive backs are going too crazy. I would like to know what Trey Dean's weight weight difference was because he looks crazy out there. Yeah, but um, yeah, noticeable weight gain. Bogle looks amazing. Uh, I'm yep. excited to see him. Moon came here looking like a wide receiver. He, he looks yeah. like he's in the trenches now, man. So shout out to all those guys for putting that work in during the pandemic because they could have chilled. Yeah, absolutely. Real easy. So I wonder how much weight Zachary Carter has added since he came to Florida because he came in thin. Uh, I would venture to say that he's probably added 60, 70 pounds since he's been at, uh, been at Florida. He's a huge he's – a, he's a beast now. All right, boys, we didn't get the chance to talk much about it last week because we got uh, caught up with Ronald Powell. Uh, and we ended up talking a lot about quarterbacks. Uh, so I want to kind of briefly run through the rest of the offense and, and kind of your thoughts, especially now that the depth chart is out. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about running back. Uh, you know, Florida returns. Uh, obviously, their their kind of prized possession in uh, Damian Pierce. Uh, he was listed as the starter with or Malik Davis. Uh, then Naquan Wright was listed third, and then you have to imagine that Lorenzo Lingard uh, is fourth with Iverson Clement uh, sitting fifth. Damian Pierce, I think everybody knows and expects, is going to be uh, the starter or the bell cow of that group. But talk to me about the position. What are you guys most excited about or, or, or any concerns there? What, Ahmad, any thoughts? Um, You know, we, we I mean, we all thought for sure that, that Pierce would be a lot. That kind of uh, shocked me today, too, as well to see uh, Malik Davis in there as the or, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I trust Dan Mullen to to put the right guys in place um, to give us the, the, the best option for success. Um, so it's probably something that, that, you know, they've done the practices or the scrimmages that we haven't seen. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> Malik Davis showed, you know, glimpses of, of being, you know, a great player and, um, he, you know, he just got away from it, you know, with injuries and whatnot. So, um, I'm excited to see him back out there. If he, you know, if he goes back to the 2017, you know, before Tennessee or Tennessee game, Malik Davis, um, it, it could be great for the Gators. Yeah, um, I think I think a few things are interesting. I think I thought Lingard would be around that RB three. Um, mm -hmm. No, no, no slight to to Naquan Wright. Naquan Wright, I heard is having a very good camp, but I thought that was a little shocking to see. Um, my man Lingard not in that that top three. Also, I'm not really prepared. I think Malik, I think, I think Damian Pierce is gonna be our bell cow. I like yep. what I'm hearing from Malik Davis in camp. And and I'm, I'm excited that he's knocking some rust off and getting back to his old form. But I just see, I don't see uh it's gonna be hard for us not to put the ball in Damian Pierce's hands, in my opinion. Um, we can line up and, and maybe play two sometime because Malik Davis can catch the ball very well. So we we could get weird with some things, but I just think Damian Pierce is gonna be the guy. I also got Iverson Clement on transfer watch. 
Okay. Yeah, I just um, kind of like no, I don't got no smoke. Just like just yeah. me watching the depth chart. Just just where he is. I mean, that's a tough position to to obviously. Uh, to be in uh, for Iverson Clement. I think Iverson Clement has some size. I think he, he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield. But at the end of the day, you know, if he sits out another year, there might be an opportunity. Uh, but uh, I was a little surprised, like you said, Amon, with Malik Davis being listed as the or there. I'm almost wondering if it's, you know, his ability to, to have come back and work hard and really show out, uh, you know, this offseason. But See, I he's do, having a good camp. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. He's having a lot of smoke. By and and what I would love – is if Malik Davis really is that or because of how well he's doing, right? I mean, I think right, that that's, right. that's what we all want to see. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think from the RB perspective, I think that Florida's got a number of different types of running backs from from speed to, to bigger backs, uh, elusive. The one thing that I like about all of these guys is that they're all north-south runners. Even Malik Davis is kind of the, the skinnier the guy. They're all north-south runners. They're in between the tackles type of guys. They're not your, your bouncing, you know, bouncing around type. So I'm excited about that. Let's move on to uh, to tight end. Obviously, Florida, uh, you know, goes in with, uh, you know, the potential favorite to win the Mackey Award uh, and definitely the best tight end in the state of Florida, uh, Kyle Pitts. Uh, so you have Kyle Pitts, then Kamori Gamble, Gamble, pardon me, and then Keon Zipper. Uh, boys, I'll be honest with you. I think that we can expect a lot out of Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, I think that he's going to be an exceptional player. I think he's going to leave early to go to the NFL, how good of a year he is. I'm a little worried about after that. What are your thoughts, Kamori Gamble, Keon Zipper, and, and kind of the tight end room moving forward, or if you guys are hearing anything on, on their development or production as well? I mean um, – I saw uh, – oh, okay, so, okay. oh uh, what was I about to say? <laughs> uh, okay, I think okay. I think Pitt's been sitting at all the scrimmages. So yeah. I've been hearing that Gamble has played well in all the scrimmages because we're not letting Pitts go. So I think Gamble's having a good camp. I haven't heard a lot about Zipper. I don't know, like, I don't want to hang my hat on it, but that's some optimism, you know? But, yeah, I'm a little nervous about it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they sent Pitts out for a reason, and that's, that's because they want to see what would have happened if, you know, if Pitts right. weren't able to pay or, you know, right. who will step up. Um, so we know Pitts can play. You know, we, we got to see if somebody else can play. So right. you know, I'm, I'm curious to find out as well because I saw a, a, a Gamble or a Zipper in there too. So, um, you know, whoever, you know, when the, when, the, when the rifle drop, who can pick it up? I mean, they're right. both, both, you know, good talents. We just got to see which one going to make some plays when it, when, it, when there's a number called. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I've not seen uh, Keon Zipper on any of those, you know, biggest gainers in terms of uh, weights and things of that nature. Th I still think he's a little bit undersized for the position. Um, I do think that Kamori Gamble, you know, had an okay year last year, a little under the radar for, you know, for his production. But but I'm definitely concerned. If I were to pick an area on offense that I'm concerned about, it's it's that position, and then we'll move right into the. Uh, to the offensive line where I'm a little bit concerned about what Florida's going into uh, at the right guard position. But um, let's talk a little bit of offensive line, boys. The, uh, the With the depth chart. Right guard? Yeah, I'm a little bit – our right tackle, pardon me. Right, oh, okay. right tackle, my apologies. <laughs> let's let's break down the um, the offensive line now that it has been announced for, for game one. We got Stone Forsyth backed up by T.J. Moore at left tackle. At left guard, we have Richard Garage backed up by Griffin McDowell. Center, Brett Hagee, uh, backed up by Kingsley Ugakin. Uh, right guard, Stuart Reese, don't have any worry about him, uh, backed up by Joshua Braun, the freshman. And then right tackle, number 56, Gene DeLance, backed up by Michael Tarquin. Uh, Ethan White is a name that is missing off of that. Uh, he is injured. 
Uh, Florida doesn't expect him to be out for too long, but he was going to be your starting center. Uh, so Florida will go in missing their starting center. But boys, with that um, with that list being announced, how do you feel? Um, concerns? Uh, and then do you think that there's an improvement uh, on the offensive line uh, over last year? I think we do see some improvement. Um, I am concerned about the right tackle spot. We was already talking about early. I think uh, the last is not there if Ethan White's healthy. So I am a, I am a little concerned about that spot. Other than that, man, um, I think we'll be okay. We'll see if Delance gets any better. I yeah. wouldn't mind seeing, like you said, Tarquin behind him or or maybe even we figure out something with Braun. But I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be able to, be able to do what we do. Um, I'm just worried about the run game. Yeah. We passed pro okay last year, so I'm just more concerned about uh, those guard and center spots getting some push. Yeah, Florida really struggled. Obviously, everybody knows that that's listening to this podcast. Florida struggled on on the run game last year. Um, Bill Conley from ESPN said that Florida had the 107th uh, best unit for for run success rate last year. So what I'm hoping is that you know Stone Forsyth, who you know has another year to get better. Uh, Richard Garage, you know, getting bigger, getting stronger. Uh, and then Brett Hagee is a guy that I think that is, is very reliable. I'm excited to be able to use him as kind of your, your, your Swiss Army knife when, when Ethan White does come back. Stuart Reese, super excited to bring him on board. It's just that right tackle position. You know, Gene DeLance really struggled last year. Um, you know, I hope that he's gotten better. I hope that he was able to, to get into the, the film room quite a bit. But if I'm going to say that there's a uh, another glaring hole that I see on this offense besides the, uh, the backup to Kyle Pitts is going to be at that right tackle position. You know, Michael right. Tarkin is a redshirt freshman. Gene, Gene DeLance has struggled. Um, TJ Moore, who's the backup left tackle, I would imagine, you know, also, you know, mirrors on the, uh, on the right tackle position. But, you know, it's not that easy of a transfer. So that's just – that's something that I am a little bit worried about, you know, when Florida plays some, you know, stout defensive, uh, defensive lines. Well, we could just only hope that the last got better. I, I know, you know, man, cause I was stressed out about this guy last year, man. Dog. <laughs> so we're just going to pray. You're going to pray. 56 got better. That's and, scary you know. because we were at, we had already lost Franks and then you got this yeah. guy whiffing. So it's a little nerve wracking, man. Yeah, um, I hope he. I hope he got some. I hope he got his stuff together this year. Like Dan said, I hope it's film. It's film because we really had to no no spring football in the off season, right? So just a few couple practices. I mean, you know, we can only hope. So man, I'm not yeah, a huge. If, if, if he if he if he got better, Dan is good for the Gators. You know, I'm not the world's biggest film junkie, and I think the biggest reason is sometimes I don't always know what I'm looking for. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm more knowledgeable than some, but you know, you guys played the position, but or you know, played, uh, you know, played football and, and broke down film and certainly probably do it much better than I can. Uh, but the one thing that I noticed about Gene DeLance last year, wasn't that he was also, he wasn't getting bodied all that often. A lot of times it was a lot of what seemed to be misassignments. Now I don't know what his assignment was. I can assume <laughs> it, just, it just seemed like there was just a lot of <laughs> mental errors is what, is what I'm going to say. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that, you know, being able to break down, you know, another year in the system, another year watching tape, you know, that he can break some of those down. But there were some very, very, very questionable times that right. I saw him 
not blocking anybody or making what seemed to be the wrong play uh, on that uh, offensive line. Now I'm going to caveat that with saying, I don't know what the play call was. I don't know what his exact assignment was, but if you see it over and over and over and over and over again, sometimes you're able to uh, presume a few things, but I'm hopeful that another year uh, for him is, uh, (laughs) is worthwhile. Um, yeah, a lot of those plays left me dumbfounded too. Like, what just happened? When yeah. you look back at it, because I'm not an offensive line guru or no shit like that. But no, but sometimes you're like, yo, it's offensive line is a position where if you miss a block or something, you could or you miss an assignment. Oh, it's detrimental. You see what I'm saying? When they so say like, it starts up front, it really does start up front. Oh, no, right? when you miss a block, if a dude <laughs> run right by you yeah, and you right. don't block him. It's your fault. <laughs> right. and, and, and what's crazy, Ahmad, I mean, I guess it's kind of similar to being in the defensive backfield too, is if you miss that assignment and then you're stuck in your position, your feet are like cement, and then you just have to stand there as your guy ran by you and you just have to kind of be there and, and everybody's looking at you like, man, this guy missed that damn block. Uh, That's got to be awkward. Kill, I'm not going to lie. And, 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 and it got to kill me. It Bro, it killed me when the D lineman ran past him and the offensive lineman tried to turn back and like he gonna what you gonna run back and catch him and block him like nah, bro. Like, he said, "Hey, let your quarterback get hit, bro." Like, I'm arguing, I'm, we're arguing in the defensive huddle and shit about who made the mistake, and then you get in the fan room and it's you that fucked up. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> oh, to tell you, bro. Oh man, <laughs> I oh, man. it was you that messed up. See, this is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, this bad. is why we break down film. I love it. I love it. And final <laughs> position group, boys. Uh, one that you know certainly uh, is in need of a lot of replacement from last year in terms of production, but I know that we're all excited about what the uh, the potential. And I think that's the biggest key word there. Uh, wide receiver uh, depth chart release: Jacob Copeland backed up by uh, Justin Shorter at um, on that X position. Uh, Kadarius Tony and Trent Whittemore at the uh, the Z. And then at the Y, you have Trayvon Grimes and backed up by freshman uh, Xavier Henderson. Um, I think that we see a ton of moving. I think we see a ton of you know people in different spots. I think we see a ton of names this year. Um, but is Copeland, Grimes, and Tony kind of how you thought uh, the starters would um, would shake out? And then do you guys have any additional thoughts on that wide receiver room? I didn't have Tony starting. But I heard he's having a great camp. Um, that's the only one that shocked me was 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 that he that he was starting. I thought after hearing like Shorter coming on and doing some things, I maybe want that he slide in there. But I love it. Uh, they they, they speak glowingly of him about running routes and, and becoming a, a, a complete wide receiver. So I, mean, I like it. Super athletic, yeah, he's super athletic, bro. I mean, you got to remember, he came in as quarterback and you know you know played wide receiver and, and done a lot of different things for us. So um, it, it doesn't shock me that they can't teach him how to run routes. I mean. Uh, this guy's super shifty, especially, you know, in the slot. You know, we could definitely use him in there. Um, but I definitely see, Dan, these guys moving in, in packages. Um, but what I thought would happen, I thought him and Copeland would probably be fighting for the same spot. Okay. I didn't expect to see both of those guys on the field at the same time. I I don't know if you do. I And that's where I was going to go with, you know, I, I think what? that Copeland and Tony are too similar um, that unless it's a you know no, kind of a no, weird no, package, no, I mean, guarantee you it's going to be packages for both of them on the yeah. same field at the same time. So you so want to see what I'm saying? Like, about both I, of them. I, I don't, I don't, I don't too much. I mean, I, I more see it as getting these guys on the field for certain packages. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that that's what the rotation is going to be. It won't be like you know we're going to see a lot of wide receivers. Period, bro. Like I think we're going to see a ton of wide receivers. I think we're going to see a ton of. Uh, uh, um, 
what what am I thinking? Reverses. I think you're going to see a ton of jet um, sweeps. Yeah, jet sweeps. Um, maybe uh, maybe some wildcat. Um, I think that they're going to try to use that speed. I mean, you know, as much as Kadarius Tony can frustrate the crap out of me uh, with some of his decision making, you can't argue that. I mean, he's the guy that you know is going to probably cause the most missed tackles on the team. Now, some of those may be you know ten missed tackles, you know, running six total yards, but. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, he's fast, he's shifty, he can break tackles. I'm excited to see what Jacob Copeland can do this year. Um, I'm curious to see Justin Shorter. You know, we had heard some mixed reviews out of him, but I think recently we're starting to hear, I mean, so you and I, uh, I don't know if we talked about it, but I, I think I heard you talking about it because I heard kind of the same thing that over the last couple of weeks, Justin Shorter's really, you know, stepped up his game. Um, right. I'm curious because I don't think Jacob Copeland and Justin Shorter are similar wide receivers, but um, – you know, so that's where I'm saying I don't know if this depth chart is is truly just naming your top six or if it's truly uh, going to be position based. Um, but our boy, baby Hendo, Xavier Henderson, um, slid up in there, slid up in there, right, right, right behind. Um, you know, uh, Trayvon Grimes, who a lot of folks are, are going to probably expect his wide receiver one this year, um, but beat out. Uh, 904 legend Rick Wells beat out Jacoby. We don't Freeman. know that. I think there could be like some suspensions or something weird. Okay. We yeah, you know, because guys like like Wells ain't even on the depth chart, bro. So right. I don't and, think and, that. And, and, well, and he, and he all that is performance. Buzz too, bro. Yeah. But they always say. They they always say. Ahmad, I think this was an Urban Meyer thing too. Sometimes your greatest ability is your availability. Right. Um. And if they are suspended, they couldn't make it on the field. And you know, give that shout out to uh, to Xavier Henderson. Uh, you know, with no uh, no true off season uh, leading up to this, uh, to be able to earn that spot uh, as yeah. a shout out to him. Be different. Yep, yeah, sure is. Uh, and then the great white hope, Trent Winnemore. Uh, shout out to Trent, bro. That told me I, I didn't see Weston. I thought Weston would make that uh, that depth chart, man. We we deep at wide receiver, man. But shout mm-hmm. out, to Trent. we got plenty of depth there. Yeah, three sixty and dunks out here, man. Yeah, man. Get busy. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were very, you know, had their eyebrows. You can't raised. make championship runs without a white wide receiver on the Gator team. You know, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, you gotta have one. You gotta you gotta have one. You gotta have one. <laughs> If for anything, just to say you had one. Um, all right, boys. Let's just uh, let's just run through the rest of the uh, the depth chart. We're going to talk about it a little bit later since we kind of already broke it down. We don't have to spend much time on it. Let me know. Um, you know, I'll, I'm going to go by position group and then let me know what your guys' thoughts are. At uh, on defense, uh, the buck position. He's listed as Jeremiah Moon or Chris Bogle, backed up by David Reese, uh, who I guess is going to be at the buck position. We thought that he could be star linebacker buck. Uh, looks like uh, with his added weight, he's going to probably pay buck more light or uh, linebacker than, than potentially star. Uh, defensive tackle, Zachary Carter, backed up by freshman Gervon Dexter. Uh, nose tackle, Terrell Slayton, uh, who, like I said, lost about 18 pounds uh, and is looking a, a little bit leaner uh, out there and is apparently uh, wreaking some havoc back there, Mac, uh, backed up by a former UNC transfer, Marlon Dunlap. Uh, and then defensive end, uh, the guy we've all been waiting to see, Brent Cox Jr., backed up by Andrew Chatfield, uh, who I think that Florida's uh, excited to to finally get in the fold and, and on the uh, on the playing field. Any names surprise you? You guys excited about that? Uh, excited about that group? Any names that aren't there uh, surprise you? That aren't there? 
No, I think that's pretty much how I thought it would play out. What do you yeah. think? I think, I mean, obviously, I think the only reason I threw that out there is because Kyrie Campbell's name is missing. Um, oh, yeah. I wasn't trying to set you up, my bad. Um, Kyrie Campbell's name is 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 not listed there. Uh, there, are, there are some rumors, pardon me, that uh, Campbell may opt out for the season. Dan Mullen announced today. What, is, what does opt mean these days? Yeah, opt in, opt out. You know, Justin Fields opted out, then opted in. A bunch of Sometimes these guys. you don't have the option. Sometimes you just got to sit out. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes yeah, sometimes like, you're opted out. And you can't you don't have look and you don't have the the the, the leeway or, or the, the how you want to tell the people is on you, but sometimes yeah. you don't have the it's not an opt out if you don't have options. That was like you're out of options when you said yeah. you're out. I get it. It's, you just had the words uh, reversed a little bit. Um, yeah, you just said I'm, it ex- I'm excited yeah, about not that. Not to laugh at anything. We don't. I don't have anything concrete. It's just rumors yeah. and smoke. Um, we'll figure out all this in a little bit. I guess ball get kicked off soon, and eventually right. Dan Mullins is going to have to tell us something. So, Yep. Uh, linebacker, we'll run through this quickly. Amari Bernie, a weak side linebacker, uh, backed up by Mahmoud Diabate. Uh, middle linebacker, Ventual Miller, backed up by James Houston. Uh, and then we'll just talk about that. Amari Bernie, Ventral Miller, uh, right now you're starting uh, linebackers. Um, I'm surprised Bernie over Diabate, but outside of that, uh, I think we all expected Ventral Miller at that uh, that uh, middle linebacker spot. But it's, I think you see a, a ton of rotation there regardless. Oh, very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> what happened? Uh, um, you guys any thoughts on the linebacker position? No, my, my, my was lagging a little bit, so I got lost in, in no, the conversation. So we're, we're, we're I'm not surprised. I'm kind of surprised to see Bernie at the linebacker position and, and not the star position, uh, but definitely we can use that speed right there um, yeah. alongside Ventrell Miller. I know Ventrell is one of the guys that have been there for a while and kind of knows the defense possibly and can, can possibly be the alpha dog that we need um, on our defense. Um, but – you know, having him and Bernie together, uh, it, it could be a dynamic duo. My thought on it is if Bernie went there, I still ain't want Diabate. I probably would want a hopper there more. We need a Bernie or a hopper at one of those linebacker positions to, to be able to lock down receivers and athletic right. tight ends. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So or, either way. Or, or, or running backs out the backfield. Right. The guys that could just, just get sideline to sideline and be athletes, man, and get to the quarterback fast blitzing. They get they get they're tweener guys like they're physical enough to play the run game like a linebacker, but they can run like a, a big DB. So I thought I think we needed either Hopper or or my man um, Bernie at at linebacker. So I'm not shocked. I think the, the linebacker is going to be rotating a lot too. I think yeah. Sam, um, Houston's a gangster. Um, I think Diabate's going to rotate in a lot. Like we'll see all those guys play. But, Same. Nah. Yeah, I think we see Hopper quite a bit this year. I think we see. Uh, Wingo playing this year. I definitely right. see a lot of rotation. I think the biggest theme that I'm seeing out of all this before we get to the defensive backfield is depth. I think that Florida has a lot of players on their team that um, I'm not surprised are backing up, but I wouldn't be as concerned as previous years if those guys uh, had to step up into that starter role. I think that Florida is deep. Um, I think that Florida has some, some really good, you know, opportunity to to keep their guys fresh going into the fourth quarter, which I know is, you know, something that Dan Mullen really prides himself on. And Florida was able to beat a lot of teams last year in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, let's get to the defensive backfield. 
uh, the star position, um, CJ McWilliams coming off of injury, uh, is your starting star, uh, backed up by freshman, uh, Trevez Johnson, uh, cornerback Marco Wilson backed up by Jaden Hill, cornerback Kyer Elam backed up by Chester Kimbrough, starting free safety, Sean Davis backed up by Rashad Torrance and then strong, um, Strong side safety or um, uh, strong safety, uh, Donovan Steiner backed up by Trey Dean. Um, let's talk about everything else but the star position. Um, Brad Stewart is missing. Uh, there's been some rumors going around that he was going to be suspended uh, for the first game at least. Uh, but outside of that, is that the uh, the group? I think that's the group that we said last uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Marco, Kyrie, Sean Davis, and Donovan Steiner would be uh, your starting uh, your starting four. Uh, but any other thoughts on on those four other than the star position? I know everybody is <laughs> ready to lose their shit about McWilliams at the star. Um, <laughs> I think we're all nervous. I, I've been telling y'all in group chats and behind the scenes. That Mick Williams is starting at the star. He's been running there since the beginning of camp, like, and, and hasn't moved from that spot. Um, he struggled in the past at corner. He got abused at Georgia game. So at this point, I'll, if he if he won the job, he beat out some good guys. Like, yeah. so he's got a different DB coach with Gray. I'm ready to get a kid and see if he he got better because you can, you're allowed to get better in, in all of this, man. So it's a different position. He's at the slot now. We'll see what's up. But the moment he slip up, I'm so ready to see Trevez. They got Trevez right behind him. So pause. I'm ready to see Trevez Johnson as soon as he mess up. I um I, I'm curious to see. You know, so we heard some things about CJ McWilliams before he got hurt last year. He was playing the star position, and a lot of people were saying that he was getting a lot better. You know, he had a very very rough first year. Uh, probably thrown out in a position that that he wasn't. Uh, able to play. Um, you know, I think that he was one of those guys that they wanted to develop, uh, was thrown out there, got torched a bunch. Um, I think that Georgia game uh, will probably uh, still give him nightmares. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm rooting for a guy like CJ McWilliams. You know, guys can get better. Obviously, like you said, Silk, to be able to beat out those guys uh, and to make that that starting roster, no matter if there's suspensions, no matter if this is just funny games and this isn't actually the starting depth chart, whatever it might be, to be able to go out there and earn that starting spot has shown that that he earned it because he definitely wasn't going in with a bunch of game film that said, hey, I'm your your starter, right? Or I'm your standout guy. But do you think Dan just like seniority though? Or Grantham? You think they just like seeing seeing senior guys, older guys? That could be a thing. It sure could be, especially the first game of the year when you yeah, didn't have a spring. Yeah, also remember too, it was no offseason in there. So right. right. Maybe it's the guy that been in the program. You know what I'm saying? Kind of know what he's doing, you know. The higher he's ceiling is Got that, that that young freshman that already jumped to second on the depth chart behind him. I've been seeing, and I tweeted yeah. that I've been seeing Travis in clips with the ones at Star. Yeah. I've seen the, the pictures. They're taking pictures. He's celebrating with Elam and, and the starting DBs. I'm like, all right, he just did something, and that's what the starters. Um, yeah, you know, I I don't know. I think you that's find your own inside of heat, Ahmad. Like they're not gonna give it to you, so you just gotta <laughs> like dissect the film or whatever pictures they put out there. <laughs> Look, I already, I already been looking. I already, I already know people. Oh, Sherlock Stoke over here, you know? Hey, man, I got time you know, to think. out his magnifying glass. How else am I get these takes? I got to find <laughs> takes. That's what separate us from the rest, man, the takes. Um, no, I'm excited. I, you know, that defensive backfield, like I said, uh, 
if CJ McWilliams, he did. I'm not going to say if CJ McWilliams earned that spot, uh, whether it's by being there long enough to be <laughs> have seniority, or whether it's by earning it on the field. Uh, I'm excited to, for his redemption tour. I know that. Uh, right. All I know, CJ, I know you're a big fan of this podcast and you listen. If you don't have a great game, just stay off Twitter. It's all right. Um, ain't ain't Twitter, nothing good for you out there. Don't, don't um, listen to here because I'm going to be a little reckless. Yeah, it may take a week Sometimes off. Sometimes I get emotional. I'm just a fan. Yeah, yeah I got you. I got you. Uh, so other than that, let's get uh, some other big um, just news in general um, or other uh, news on the, uh, the depth chart. Uh, special teams. Uh, Evan McPherson, uh, obviously uh, one of the best uh, kickers in uh, the NCAA. Fifth year redshirt senior Jacob Finn walk on beat out uh, Aussie, the Aussie punter Jeremy Crawshaw for uh, the starting punting position. I know that Tommy Townsend spoke really highly of him. Uh, the Gators are replacing long snapper, uh, and that's uh, Brett Diorguado. Uh, or Marco Ortiz holder is going to be Jacob Finn. Uh, kickoff returner is Kadarius yeah, Tony. Um, Delator on to give us the kicker updates. I Delator is excited, man. He's excited. Um, that's the only thing. That's the first thing he tweeted from the presser. Damn, all this shit. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he got he tweeted that, and then he left the presser. He just came for the Lo- kicking. Love something or somebody as much as De- Nick Delator loves punting. You know. Right. Uh, and so kickoff returner Kadarius Tony and Jacob Copeland, punt returner same Kadarius Tony and Jacob Copeland. Uh, obviously replacing Freddie Swain back there, uh, who went off to the NFL and making big moves up there. Kadarius Tony, do you like that at kickoff returner and punt returner? I like it for kickoff return. I don't like it for punt return. Agree. Who you rather see about in the punt return? So just about anybody but him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted Philly. I wanted Philly Graham, but he hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like what Philly Graham did at Lakeland uh, returning punts and kicks. But um, I just I don't know if I want him. I wouldn't mind Jacob Copeland back there. I, I want a sure-handed guy. You know, right now Florida I has playmaker back there. We, we we over the years, bro. We made plays at the punt return position. I need that back in my life. Put a superstar back there, bro. Yeah. Now if, I don't know security catch. No, make that. That's a play to make. That's you could change the game. Yeah. 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 But I don't want a safe catch. You do. But, like, put a, put a, <laughs> I need to put a baller back there. We go recruit ballers. These guys that want to make plays. Put Jacob Copeland back there. That's what I want to see. Yeah. No, yeah. Jacob Copeland. Um, not sure if he's ever done it. Maybe a guy like Xavier Henderson. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy. I mean, Xavier Henderson can take off, right? I mean, really quick first step. Uh, I want yeah, playmaker. Just put a playmaker back there. I need to see something happen. Somebody that gets busy. But that is your 2020 initial depth chart that I have no doubt in my mind is going to change between now and Saturday, and then will probably change a thousand times between now uh, and depth chart. Me, absolutely nothing. Besides, like Campbell, just like besides the guy that was just absolutely not on it, right. We know like there's something weird going on yeah, behind. We the know Ethan White is injured and going to be out. Right. We know Finley Graham is injured and going to be out. But outside of that, that's just about it. All right, boys. Um, let's run through quickly uh, some season predictions. Um, let's maybe do MVP on offense and then on defense. Uh, Silk, let's start with you for MVP for offense. Shit, that was a, that's. A, I'm gonna go. Um... MVP for office. I don't want to go with the obvious. 
Because we could get very obvious here. All right, let's just say the MVP for offense that's not Kyle Trask. Right. <laughs> and then the next one's going to be Kyle Pitts. That's the easy shit, right? All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Jacob Copeland, man. I'm on his Copeland bandwagon this year, man. I think okay. Copeland about to get busy. I think he's about, he's trying to get on ESPN ticker a lot. So I'm going to go Jacob Copeland. I think he becomes well-known in the SEC this year. All right. Ahmad, offensive MVP. We got to ride. We got to ride Damian Pierce this year. Okay. I know. I know. Heavy, heavy gonna get our offensive line straight when, when it's crunch time. I like it. We need you know some, some some tough yards, and when we need to finish the game and grind out the clock, we're gonna have to rely on twenty seven. So. All right, cool. I'm gonna go. Um, I like both of those picks. I'm gonna go with something a little bit different here, and this is thinking outside the box. And the internet's gonna be like, of course you're doing something dumb. I'm gonna go with Stuart Reese at that right guard position. I think that he changes. Uh, Florida's uh, offensive line this year. I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to be the guy that completely, I, you know, this is what I'm going to say. I think that adding him to that offensive line opens up the opportunity for a guy like Damian Pierce, uh, Naquan Wright, et cetera, to make plays. Uh, Florida had a terrible right side of the offensive line last year. And I think that if Florida is able to, play that position well. And for those of you that are listening, Ahmad and Scott are both <laughs> laughing their asses off. But I think that if he can come in and make the impact, <laughs> bro, he, does, he completely changes the game. I got him dead last on my list. On offense. It's dead last. As it started. No, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Question mark. Black's here. Black's here for the flash. I'm here for the thunder. All right. Um, <laughs> Silk, uh, defense. Defensive MVP. Oh, man. I'm going to go Brand Cox. I mean, that's obvious too, right? Everybody's been – I'm going to go somebody without, without – No, right, you I'm can go Brand Cox. That's all right. Okay, cool. Brand Cox then. All right, very good. I like I like, I like Ventura Miller. Okay. I, I like Ventura to, to take on that I like it. David Reese uh, position type. You know, last year, you know, David Reese was really important to us. Had to find a Lakeland guy somewhere. I feel you. Yeah, I see. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, to come in, come in, and, and, and kind of be, you know, like a, like a, like I said again, the alpha dog, and that's guy yeah. that's gonna plug some stuff up. And when we need to play, when we gotta, when we gotta stop them on, on fourth and two, or you know, third and one, or third and two, um, I think Ventura gonna be. He's, he's gonna be important, bro, because we lost, we lost Reese, who kept was the glue. Yeah, he was the glue, bro. That's gonna be one of the interesting things we see on Saturday, man. Who's gonna be the glue in? Who's gonna be, you know, what I'm saying, getting that that huddle together? That's and right. And the linebackers can be getting them calls right. And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, the third line of that defense. I'm gonna go Kyrie Elam from the five six one. Um, I think that Marco's your DB one, so I think that they're gonna throw the ball more towards Kyrie Elam's way. I can see him having a uh, potential All American type of season. I can see him picking off a, a number of balls. I think that he's a, a surefire tackler, uh, and I think that he changes the way that teams have to approach uh, playing against him because of how well um, you know he's gonna do this year. So. Um, I got to go on the limb just like just to say, uh, I think teams are, are probably looking to throw at Marco more than than Kaya right now. Well, if they do, then he's the going to close the season. Like, well, I think, if, they, I think. if they do, I still I can still win because he locked down the side of the field, you know. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, like I feel like <laughs> I feel like I let it, let my, my area code down by not going with that pick now that you say that, to be honest okay. with you, Dan. So I got to hate on it a little bit. Pick the Georgia Bulldog. I get it. Yeah. Um, no, I picked the Gator. What do you mean? 
<laughs> uh, freshman of the year. Which which uh, freshman this year do you think has the biggest impact? Travis Johnson. Okay. If Mick Williams is any, he <laughs> if he didn't get a lot better, we're gonna we're gonna have to see uh, Travis. So I'm gonna say Travis Johnson. All right, Ahmad, freshman of the year. Um, I, I like Travis Johnson. Uh, they, again, I don't mean to steal uh, Silk's pick, um, but it, you know, from from the day Silk sent me his his uh, film and, and told me to look at it. Oh, you remember that? Like, yeah, bro. He, he like, it's, it's, I, bro. Even Major Wright sent me this man film and said, "Look how violent he plays." Yep. And I think and Major just, just yeah, Major so just tweeted got, too. So like, when we got to commit that night. Me, and we both was like, "What is this? This guy's like ranked nothing." Yeah, what we what we yeah, got bro, going on here? It was weird. You yeah. hadn't looked at the clip. I wouldn't have looked at the highlights. I was like, bro, I don't know, man. This <laughs> this kid kind of violent, get busy. And then you was the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah we got something here. And then yeah. I guess the recruiting services called up a little later. We did some good evaluating uh, from our staff standpoint. But I'm excited about Travis, bro. Absolutely. His, well, film, his film, the way he hit people, reminds me of uh, Randy Russell, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Violent. Bro, they, bro, bro, they come and bring it, bro. Yeah. Some, some CTE inducing hits. Uh, I'm, we're going to go three for three, boys. Um, I think that Florida has some some great freshmen that are going to get some good burn. Dexter, Wingo. Uh, but I'm going to go Travis Johnson. I think that he's the closest one to being able to see the most playing time this year. Uh, so without rehashing it, let's go to offense. I think uh, Dexter, could, Dexter could get in that conversation with Campbell out now. For sure. No, yeah. I mean, I've heard some good things about Gerbon. Uh, they're saying that he doesn't look like a freshman at all out there. So uh, so I'm excited to see him, man. I mean, you know, I think that Florida's got, you know, some some impact freshmen this year, and we're going to talk about it here quickly on the offensive side of the ball. But I think that you're going to see, you know, a bunch of freshmen that are going to play this season. Um, you know, Florida really recruited, you know, some areas of need well with some really, really, really top-end talent. Let's get to offense. I'll start uh, – Oh, one second for offense. Wingo is another one of those guys too that's, that could probably get in that conversation. Uh, that that room is only two linebackers on the field at a time, so he may not get enough snaps, but he has the ability to be one of those uh, impact freshmen on special teams, defense, whatever. He's one of those athletic guys that's going to make an impact this year, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to offense. Uh, my pick for for offense. Uh, I made this on the. Um, the Gator panel that we did last week uh, is is Xavier Henderson. I think that he's going to be a guy that gets a bunch of burn this year. I think that he's going to play. He's fast, uh, runs apparently a four three forty. Um, I think he's um, he's obviously tall. He's got good size. I mean, I think that he's a, a technician out there. Uh, has been training really really well uh, over the last few years. Um, Should have been a five star in my opinion. It's Steve Wolfong's opinion, um, and that's all that matters. So I'm going to go with Xavier Henderson this year. Uh, Silk, what about you? Um. I like the Hendo pick. I'm with the Hendo Hive, the my peoples. Um, but I'm gonna go. Um, I want to keep it redundant, so I'm gonna go Josh Brown. I think we see Josh Brown play. A, Interesting. You think you think he gets quite a bit of burn out there? I think if we start to struggle, and I think yeah, yeah, uh, sure. on the run and try to find yeah. something. Right. So I think injury wise, I think he just gets an opportunity at some point in the season. And they make that switch. I think he's young and with no spring. It's hard to throw him out there like right away. But I think once we get worn up in the season here, I think he's he's one of those guys that have to thrust in there to get us the extra push to get get, get to Atlanta into playoffs. And that's what we're trying to do. But I'm gonna go with Josh Brown. So you're gonna pick up the guy that's backing up my MVP for the season, Stuart Reese. I get it. 
They can move Reese though. Like nothing permanent. They call uh, training. They I know. Call I, I know. They cross training everywhere. I get you. I still got him, bro. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I got to call, call you Dan Jr. now, bro. Yeah. When they bring back Ethan White, all every all that is finna change. I think Heggy yeah. moves. I think Stewart moves. I think everything shifts around as people get healthy. Injury, other injuries will happen. We got COVID. We dealing with that. Uh, the kids can get an opportunity. I think he's just one of those freshmen that can make an impact. But yeah, shout out to your MVP though. <laughs> uh, Black, what about you, bud? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on, I'm on a Hendo, baby Hendo train as well. Uh, I think Henderson could definitely. Uh, do some things for us, uh, especially when he gets gets his hands on the ball. Uh, pause. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> even yeah. even something like kickoff return or something as well, too, bro. So um, I'm, I'm liking baby him, though. All right, boys. I'm going to throw this one as a curveball, and I'll start to give you guys a second to think. Um, besides MVP and besides a, a, a freshman, let's quickly go on offense and on defense. Maybe a name that isn't as well-known um, you know, so not a Kyle Trask, not a Kyle Pitts, you know, not a, a Brenton Cox, not a, a Wilson or an Elam, but that you think is going to have a big year, like a real big impact year uh, for the Gators. I'm going to go um, – I think I'm going to go with Stone Forsyth. You know, he he started for the Gators last year, um, but I've been hearing some really good things about him being able to to lock down that that left tackle position. Um, and I think that he's going to have a big year uh, for the Gators this year. So I'm going to go uh, with Stone Forsyth on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Silk, so what about you? Um, also breakout. I think we've seen Malik get busy early in his career. I okay. think I think I think Malik has a big comeback season. Uh, like what I'm hearing, uh, I don't. I, I, I still last year. I didn't hate what I saw last year. You just could tell it was rust, right? right. Like the, the dropping the pitch in the Miami game. It was it was gonna be six. Knowing how he runs, um, hearing he's back to like normal form and he's shaking some rust off. I'm gonna go Malik Davis, man. I think he gets. He reminds everybody of how he get down. That or that put that put because I've been here, we've been saying it on the show, we've been hearing nice things about him in camp. And when they put that or because we thought Damian Pierce just locked down one. So if it's an or, I know Damian Pierce ain't slacking because he 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 want all the smoke. Well, I like Kadarius Tony. I think Kadarius Tony is, is is an explosive athlete. Uh, everybody know how um, how uh, you know uh, versatile he is. He, he can. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. You know, he can catch the ball. Uh, I'm looking to uh, see uh, Kadarius Tony make some some great plays this year, especially if he's uh, more involved in our offense. Um, okay. You know, I, I heard he. You know, it's not only the the hey man, let's run a, let's run the play for Kadarius Tony. Let's actually insert him in our offense. So if he if he's running routes like they say he's running routes, I kind I kind of like him to to, right. to be a breakout player. Cool. Cool. I like it. Um, and then on defense, uh, defense is obviously returning a group of, of stout players. Um, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here. And this is a, a boomer bust pick in my opinion. I'm going to go with Teradell Slayton. Uh, I think that he's a guy that um, has really, really you know, committed himself to the game. I think we saw some flashes last year. Um but, you know, with him leaning down a little bit, uh, I think that makes him a little bit quicker. Um, and I'm excited to see how he's able to uh, to play in that nose tackle position. So I'm going to go with uh, with our boy TJ Slayton to finally make a big impact for the Gators this year. So, All right, behind you on the defensive line, my dude, I'm going to go Zach Carter. All right. 
Here, bro's finest, man. I think Zach Carter about to do some gangster things. Uh, we we talked about the size. Uh, he was he showed last year that little sparks here and there that he could probably you know to get into that zone where he's trying to take over. After Dan started talking crazy about him, mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? I'm tired. I've seen Dan Thompson tweets. I got to get busy. He did. He actually somebody must have told him because I think just one or two uh, plays after I tweeted, where was he this season? He, he started going nice off. Recovery. That's right. what I need to do. That's what I need to do. All right, Ahmad. I like I like Bernie. I know uh, we, we we rave about him on the show all the time, and I, I think Bernie's gonna um, step up and be that player that we need him to be. Um, I see him uh, running down screens and, and tackling stuff in the backfield all day, and, right. and running sideline to sideline to make sure that um, nothing gets gets past us. So, um, Amari Bernie. I love it. I love it. Well, that breaks down our season. Keep us before honest. Got, before we get off of that, man, I want to yeah. see with all my heart, I want to see Rick Wells win. You know what I'm saying? So I hope whatever happens in this season that when he's back on the depth chart that he gets busy, man. I think he's earned that right. I think he stays. He's been around the program. He's a program guy. And I know he want to win. Man, I want to see Rick Wells win, bro. So – I want to yeah. see him win for his sake, not for Vari to be able to put that picture. Yeah, I got to deal with Vari. Yeah, I got to deal with Vari. <laughs> that, that silhouette of him in the skyline of Jacksonville right. is kind of weird. Yeah. But, <laughs> real uh, weird, real weird. All right, boys, that uh, keep, keep us honest. Keep us honest. Keep the fans. Keep us honest. Uh, but I'm excited to welcome uh, Nick Suss from the Clarion Ledger. Um, I lied. He's not from the Clarion Ledger. Oh. <laughs> Let me start that over again. Fuck, he is from the Clarion Ledger. I knew <laughs> Hold on one second. Um, motherfucker here, bro. Hey, right, um, I'm definitely not taking that out. <laughs> All right, fine. From the Clarion Ledger, uh, very excited to bring him on. Uh, Nick Suss covers uh, Ole Miss uh, for the Clarion Ledger. Nick, we're excited to have you on. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And our next guest, Nick Suss from the Clarion Ledger, is sponsored by our friend by Lee Friedland from the law firm of Friedland & Associates, who truly cares about the people. He handles auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases all over the state of Florida. Give Lee a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit his website, yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, Lee Friedman from the law firm of Friedland and Associates, 1-800-95-INJURED and yourfighthourbattle.com. We're super excited to bring on Nick Suss. Nick, how are you doing this evening? I am doing well. I, uh, I always joke this is the big, biggest radio and podcast week of the year. Everybody wants a piece of learning about the team they don't know is potentially irrelevant yet. <laughs> That's right. So, so Nick, give us kind of an overview. Obviously, uh, Ole Miss completely changed from, from last season. You bring in uh, Lane Kiffin. Uh, looks like there might be a new starting quarterback this season over last year. But kind of give us the, the feel and the vibe uh, – from Oxford, Mississippi, going into to week one. Yeah, it's a weird mix of excitement and also complete and utter lack of knowledge. Because everybody's excited, everyone's happy and invigorated that Lane Kiffin is one of the first Ole Miss hires in a long, long time who wasn't just a guy from Mississippi who happened to love Ole Miss and get the job. He's an actual pro who's been around the block, and I think a lot of people are excited and invigorated by it. But as you mentioned, 
it's hard to know anything about this team. It's a first-year head coach with two first-year coordinators. There's only one guy who was retained from last year's staff. On top of that, you didn't have a spring practice. You didn't have a summer session. And none of the practices in the fall have been open to any media or TV. So you kind of have to take Lane Kiffin's word as for who's playing well. And the coach isn't going to come out and say, oh, that guy sucked today. (laughs) You're only hearing the positives. So it's kind of hard to think what kind of offense are they going to run? What kind of defense are they going to run? Are they going to be up-tempo? Are they going to be average-tempo? Like, there's very little actual tangible evidence of what this team is going to look like, but excitement nonetheless. That's that's awesome. So I uh, want to talk about the quarterback position. So uh, I think a lot of folks going into the year expecting John uh, John Rice Plumley uh, to play the starting quarterback position. You know, Dan Mullen talked a little bit about him in his press conference today, saying that he's probably faster than any player that the Gators have on their roster and that he recruited him initially as a cornerback. Uh, but then there's some murmurs and some rumors that Matt Carell actually might be the starting quarterback who uh, would be an interesting storyline as a former Florida Gator commit. Um, what should Florida expect to see uh, lining up behind center on uh, on Saturday at noon? Short answer is both. Uh, okay. I don't know if we're both going to be behind center at noon, but at one and two and three, I think you're going to see different quarterbacks. Okay. Because I think throughout the camp, the prevailing knowledge or prevailing expectation in Oxford has been Corral had the edge. And Corral was the starting quarterback to start last year. He lost the job after an injury. And then the last five or six games of the year, Plumlee started, but Corral would sub in once he was healthy. So I think you're going to see some version of that, whether it is Plumlee starts and Corral comes in when they need somebody to be more of that traditional passer and to get some guys out of the box or it's going to be Plumlee starts, or sorry, Corral starts and Plumlee comes in as that Taysom Hill type jackknife quarterback. I think you're going to see both of those. I think it would be shocking to see Plumlee not get 10 to 15 touches, maybe five to 10 touches, just because he's too athletic and too talented with the ball in his hand not to do stuff. But also, that was a kind of one-dimensional offense last year. And you saw what happened to Khalil Tate in the years after Rich Rod left at Arizona. Rich Rod was the offense coordinator for Plumlee last year. Is it a similar situation where it was that offense that was unlocking him and he wasn't necessarily as talented as it was the scheme was allowing him to get a lot of stats, compile a lot of stats without actually being this over-the-top talent? I don't know. It's going to be tricky, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I, I want to ask you, because I know that there's been some issues of COVID and and uh, there was a discussion that I was having. Uh, we were having a couple weeks ago, or I guess it was last week, kind of previewing this game just a, a little bit. Um, talking about how there was a lot of cross-training on, on offense and defense because of how many players uh, Lane Kiffin's team and, and Ole Miss were um, – what should we expect, you know, in terms of roster size um, on Saturday? Has, has the whole roster kind of come back? Um, and then what are your thoughts just kind of being around the game for a while of, you know, when they were cross-training these these players on offense and defense, et cetera, uh, of what that might have done to, to maybe slow some of the progression that they would have otherwise had in their positions while they're learning others, if that question makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that would be a good news, bad news situation for Florida fans because the bad news is probably Ole Miss is two weeks straight without a positive COVID test. So they are, unless something drastic happens in the next three days, going to be as close to full strength as any SEC team can be. 
uh, COVID wise. They have a few injuries, but uh, uh, isolation wise, quarantine wise, I think they're going to be full strength. But the cross training, yeah, I mean, this is a team that lost almost almost its entire secondary in the first two weeks of camp to COVID. And they had to move a true freshman actually from Florida, Mark Britt, who the Gators were in on for a while. They had to move him from receiver to safety and he's playing safety now. And there were talks that his first day at safety, he was immediately thrust into the starting role because they just didn't have bodies to fill in there. So especially at the skill positions, receiver, safety, corner, maybe a little bit of linebacker, definitely an offensive line. They've been hit there. They're going to be thinner or they're going to be less prepared just because so many guys missed the front half of camp. And when you're going against a Florida team that a lot of starters are returning from last year and the coaches have been together going on six, seven years, dating back to Mullen's time at uh, Mississippi State, you don't need that fall camp as much as maybe an Ole Miss team would that has never played with this coaching staff and these coaches have never coached together, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I've been saying that. I think uh, a lot of the programs with new coaches, new OCs, new offenses jumping out here like this are going to be in a different situation. I think Georgia's in a similar situation as well. Uh, the head coach is the same, but when you change a whole system, uh, things get weird if you don't have a spring. Yeah. Um, uh, you guys struggled real bad on defense last year. Um I think we're going to come out pitching around the park. What do you think uh, is you guys' weak, weakest link? I know the secondary is, like, decimated with injuries and sickness. Besides that, are you, are you, are you guys stout in the run game? It's going to be interesting because I think Ole Miss might have a claim to having a top three linebacker group in the SEC. Lakia Henry, Jaquez Jones, Momo Sanogo, Sam Williams, Tavius Robinson, all very stout linebackers, whether they're Mike Will or, or Buck, they all do it well. But right. you're replacing three seniors on a defensive front, and um, I think only one guy on the defensive line has ever started a game before. So it's going to be interesting. The secondary was rough last year. Uh, worst secondary in the SEC by pass yards allowed per game, and most of those guys are returning. So you can take the optimistic stance and say, maybe they got better, or you can take the pessimistic stance and say, these guys were bad last year and they're all back. So I don't know. The secondary is still probably the weak spot. You have a lot of guys who they were young last year and they didn't have springs this year, so they're still going to feel young. But on defense, it's going to be a question of can they man up against some of these veteran offensive lines? Can they stand their own as a pass rushing unit when they lost three senior defensive linemen who really ate all those blocks and allowed the linebackers to get sacks last year? I don't know. There's questions in the pass rush, questions in the secondary, and if those linebackers can't solve both of those, I don't know what they do on defense. Right. What are you guys scout report on Florida? Like, how do how do you think? What are you guys telling your fans that Ole Miss will have to do to beat us? I think really the only way that Ole Miss can hang around and beat Florida as an upset would be if everything Lane Kiffin has said so far has been smoke. If they come out and do something that absolutely <laughs> nobody expects, if they come out and run an offense that Kiffin and Jeff Levy have never run before, if they run a defense that DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge have never done before, if Florida is completely unprepared for what they're about to see, kind of in the style of, what was it, 2008 when the Dolphins showed off the Wildcat for the first time and the Patriots just shrugged and said, we don't know. <laughs> That's kind of what you need to do. Because Ole Miss, they were going to be the thinnest team in the SEC, regardless of COVID, just because of – they're still reeling off of that probation and they're just not very strong 
roster-wise is they were still on scholarship reductions for two years. Uh, that would be the junior and senior class right now. And then you throw in the fact first-year head coach, first-year offense coordinator, first-year defensive coordinator. All of that culminates in a team that you have the benefit of nobody knows what you're going to do, but you have the detriment of maybe you don't know what you're going to do. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I felt that. I felt that. Amat. Oh, okay. I got another one. Amat's not ready. Uh, what, what's your overall opinion on Lane Kiffin? I thought when, when it, I'm, a, I'm a Lane Kiffin fan. I like him. He was down here at FAU. I live in West Palm. Big fan of the guy. I think he could play call. Uh, I think a lot of the off the field and the shenanigans around him kind of uh, takes away from the game and, and gets him distracted. How do you think that, that fit works in Ole Miss? Yeah, the thing I've said about Lane Kiffin since he was hired is – the interesting thing about his career is he doesn't do one thing. You compare him against Mike Leach, who got hired in the same state that I live in, and he's done the same thing since the 80s. He's run the air raid, and he's run it extremely well. Lane Kiffin at USC ran a pro style with two running backs, a thunder and lightning type thing. At Alabama, the first year there, he threw it to Amari Cooper 120 times. Second year, he gave it to Derrick Henry 400 times. Third year, Jalen Hurts was a dual-threat quarterback that would run and pass. You get to FAU his first year there. Devin Singletary's leading the FBS in touchdowns. By year three, he's got the Mackey Award winner for the best tight end. He does so many different things with an offense that it's such a good fit because he doesn't need to recruit to a system, and he doesn't need to base his talent around what he knows how to do. He can just get players and take advantage of them. So for year one, if it's he deems Jerion Ely, the sophomore running back, is the best talent on the team, he can use him the way he used Reggie Bush or he used uh, TJ Yeldon. If he deems Elijah Moore, the slot receiver, is the best player on this team, he can try to use him the way he used Amari Cooper or dating back to his USC days, Marquise Lee and uh, Robert Woods. I mean, you can find guys that he's done things well. There are examples everywhere of him succeeding with different styles. So I think that's going to be what to watch. And that's why the Kiffin hire is so intriguing because he's kind of a chameleon. He's not Mike Leach and he's not some of these other coaches who do one thing and can be stopped because he can always adapt. I was, I wanted to know more from a personality wise. I think Mike Leach as well. Like Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are two weird guys right now to be in the state of Mississippi. Throw in Dion. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's It's getting weird. Um, yeah. So what, how do you think those personalities fit in, the, in that state? Yeah, I think Kiffin gets a weird reputation for his personality because he's a quiet, introverted guy. He just thinks of stuff he shouldn't say and then says it anyway. <laughs> like, you can tell he knows what to say and what not to say, but he also knows when to turn on the joke form. Like, I asked him right. recently... I think he calculated. Yeah, he's very calculated. I asked him recently. uh, Sometimes his calculations could piss people off. Oh, for sure. Like a good example is I talked to to him recently and I said, hey, man, do you think it would be fair to crown a national champion this year if half of the conferences don't play? And I could see the gears moving in his head and he goes, "Well, well, what's the joke? The ACC and the SEC win all the championships anyway, so who needs the other conferences? And you can tell he knows he said that for the headlines. You can tell he was going at it because he wanted to kind of say what needed to be said. And when it comes to transfer rules and guys getting extra years of eligibility, he will turn on the internet troll mode and say the thing to get the response. 
but he also worked for Nick Saban for three years and he observed that model of don't say anything that can make the other team have an advantage. So he's, he's very secretive too. It's this interesting juxtaposition. And I think the personality is a good fit for Oxford, which is some people might consider an uptight town. And he is very much that old school football guy. That's the pedigree and the fancy uh, ideas that Oxford has for itself. So I think it's going to be an interesting fit. I think everybody likes him here so far, but you got to win games at a certain point, and uh, we'll see how he does this season with a really tough schedule. I think once he gets into a regular schedule and he flips his, his whole squad and recruiting, he'll be fine. I think Lane's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I think fat Lane Kiffin is very different than skinny Lane Kiffin, though. Seems a little bit, you know, diluted a little bit. He's just yeah, a he- diet change. He's just douching both bodies. <laughs> Ahmad, <laughs> you're up. I like Lane Kevin, but I'm a fan of douchebags a little bit too. So it's a compliment for me. Ahmad, go ahead. I think Ahmad's frozen. Um, so Nick, <laughs> I want, to, want to talk to you about uh, threats on the offense besides uh, Corral uh, and Plumley. What what should Florida expect? I mean, Ole Miss had a you know pretty solid offense last year, ranked 26 overall. Um, you know, was able to to get a number of yards on the ground. Um, what should Florida expect to see outside of, um, you know, from – I mean, Jerion Ely, your, your leading rusher from last year at the running back position, comes back. Uh, but what should Florida expect on in, from the running back and the, uh, the wide receiver room? Yeah, Jerion Ely is probably going to be a starting running back, and then you'll have a horde of guys behind him, a true freshman Henry Parrish from Florida, who they flipped from UCF, I believe, yep. when Lev got here. And then Snoop Connor was a freshman last year who's going to be the Lendale White type guy. He's your bruiser, a former high school quarterback who plays more like a high school fullback. Uh, then at receiver, Elijah Moore caught, I think, 67 passes, 850 yards, six touchdowns last year. And then every other returning receiver combined to have less than that. So they returned seven or eight receivers who played last year. Just none of them produced other than Elijah. So Elijah's the slot guy. He's going to be the guy you expect to get a lot of targets, a lot of touches. Outside receiver might be a weakness of this team. They have a lot of athletes, a lot of big bodies, but nobody who's really been able to produce at the college level. So watch out for Jonathan Mingo. He's the sophomore that I think everybody expects to make the jump year one to year two. And then some transfer tight ends. Kenny Yeboah out of Temple, Chase Rogers from Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, Those two guys are both going to get a lot of targets. And I wouldn't be shocked to see a lot of 22 personnel, 12 personnel, 21 personnel try to get as few receivers on the field as possible to try and create matches. So, so then talk to me about offensive line. You know, Florida is one of their strengths going into the season or purported strengths is, is going to be defensive line and being able to get to the quarterback. Um, what is Ole Miss return on the offensive line? Um, and then how do you feel like with the, uh, the you know, the, the loss of a, a spring off season, you know, to install a system and everything else um, dealing with, you know, installing a, a new system and, and kind of the, the, Pretty stark difference between the the two offenses uh, in dealing with that change. Yeah, so short answer on the offensive line. Lost two starters to graduation and a third to opting out of the season. So they have two returning starters, but one bumped from guard to center. So it's only going to be one guy playing at the same position he played last year with a third guy who was a rotational left tackle last year who is now starting at left tackle. So you have experience, but you don't have overwhelming experience. And then as for transitioning from the offense, I don't think the problem is going to be knowledge. 
I think with the extra weeks they got in the summer and the extra walkthroughs and time with the coaches, the offense, the offense has been fully installed since July or August. The problem's just going to be game speed because when you were practicing understaffed uh, this summer and fall with COVID stuff, and then you're playing against yourself and defensive line is a potential weakness for this Ole Miss team, first time you face the guys like Florida has, you're going to have an adjustment period. And you wouldn't have had that anyway if you had a spring and a summer, but at least you then would have had a lot more time to get acclimated. Now you had these six weeks of practice and then suddenly you're thrown up against a group that's probably going to be one of the better defensive lines in the conference. And I think you can translate this conversation to everything uh, for Ole Miss, whether it's trying to figure out how to stop Kyle Trask or whether it's figuring out how to stop Pitts at tight end. All these things are going to be tough just because Ole Miss hasn't faced a guy like that at all this fall and didn't have a full spring and summer to get ready for all that stuff. What do you got for the score? You think we covered this spread? The spread is getting – I should have bet it like two days ago because it's growing by the day. I uh, I don't think Florida can cover a 14-point spread just because I don't know what I'm going to expect from anybody. We haven't seen anybody. There's a chance that nobody's ready. I think this is a great weekend for unders. I think this is a great weekend for underdog covers. There's a chance that everybody's taking it easy. Everybody's easing themselves in. And also, y'all know better than I do. I'm not going to make assumptions about Florida, but I've mm-hmm. seen the news about uh, positive COVID tests, mm-hmm. and you never know how bad it's going to be for the Gators. Maybe they're yep. missing a couple of key players. So if the spread gets bigger than 13 points, I'm thinking that might be high just because it's, it's high. It's already at 14 and a half now, yeah. Nick. you got to think that's high for anybody. That's high oh, yeah, if you have it is. Right. That's Very high. high. Yeah. Uh, so, I think we cover it, Nick. <laughs> honestly I, I don't care who wins i don't care who covers uh, if, if it makes you money i do so i'll take my advice <laughs> yeah if it makes money good for you i'm just um, saying my expert opinion college football might be kind of sloppy on saturday nick, nick it seems like you've got uh florida maybe by 13 or so points the over under right now is at 57 you think they're able to eclipse that number or do you think uh you, you taking the under on that too I think with the over-under, it completely depends on if Ole Miss's offense is good yet. Okay. I, think I think Florida's probably solid for its 28, 35 points. I think that's kind of what you should expect, especially against an Ole Miss defense that isn't that great. But Ole Miss, there's a chance they lay a goose egg. There's a chance they do what they did against LSU last year and put up 30, 40 points against a championship-level defense. You never know what you're going to get from a team that we can't tell you anything other than their starting running back and center. Uh, it's it's hard to say that in order to score 58 points or whatever you said the over-under is, that either means Florida's got to score seven touchdowns or yeah. eight, nine no. touchdowns. Yeah. With, with all that craziness you got going on is why we better cover in my mind. <laughs> That's how my mind works. Yeah, no, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, Nick, um, tell everybody – we really appreciate coming on the show and telling us a little bit more about, uh, about Ole Miss. I mean, I, there's so many unknowns, whether it's – coaching, whether it's the offense, whether it's the defense, whether it's who's going to be starting quarterback, uh, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, whatever it might be. So definitely a lot in store for you covering the team. But tell everybody where they can follow you on social media, get you the updates for uh, for now and through the rest of the season for Ole Miss. Yeah, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Nick Suss. It's spelled like it sounds, N-I-C-K-S-U-S-S. And uh, 
visit clarionledger.com. That's C-L-A-R-I-O-N-L-E-D-G-E-R dot C-O-M, where you can read stuff about Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss and Deion Sanders and high school sports, if for some reason you care about what's going on in Mississippi. We cover the whole state. So if you want to follow up on Mike Leach or Lane Kiffin or any of the insanity going on in the state, we got you covered. Well, Nick, I just saw on Twitter that uh, Deion Sanders came out in some – it looked like a suburban and escalated Tahoe. It came out in something with a with an entire marching band and police escorting. So I'm sure you want to go watch that and, and get man, that to – That sounds uh, like Willie Taggart. Covering. Be careful. <laughs> start covering that, man. But, Nick, thank you so much for your time uh, this evening, um, and thanks for uh, for giving your, uh, your uh, knowledge. Yeah, I can't imagine why you'd need me back, but anytime, y'all. This is <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, Nick. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Ahmad, welcome back. We and back on the show. We got Ahmad Black as a guest. <laughs> I, no, I, was, I was in the middle of talking. I was about to ask a question, and then like one by one, everybody picture just start is like low and it was like circles. I'm like, what the hell? Oh man, we said I got kicked out. I'm like, what the fuck? Not the same thing about you, um, Corey. Why don't you give a a, a quick. Uh, ad read to our friend Greg Brunt over at Brunt Insurance, and then let's break down the Ole Miss game a little bit, and then we'll uh, we'll take My the pleasure. end of the show out. My pleasure. One time for the best insurance carrier in in the state, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. Y'all know the vibes, man. Greg Greg and customer service from the rooter to the tutor, man. From the beginning of the deal, after the deal, he's still gonna try to find you a lower deal. That's how he giving it up, man. Nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. Big coverage. Hi, right, boys. Um, not a ton uh, to talk about with Ole Miss outside of what Nick said and what we talked about last week. Uh, Want to talk to you guys a little bit about the game, though, and um, maybe name three breakout players uh, that we that we all pick. Um, I'm kind of stealing something from Gator Country, but uh, you know, kind of not. Um, we can share players if you guys they ain't want. stealing if you tell them. That's right. Yeah, they always say that plagiarism is the most sincere form of flattery. Um, but want to get from you guys, what are the three players on offense, defense, or special teams that you think are going to have the biggest impact uh, in this game? And then what do you guys have as a uh, as a score or as a score uh, prediction? Pardon me. Okay. All right. For prediction-wise, I'll do my prediction at the end. I think impact players on offense has got to be the quarterback, of course. Um I think Cal's got to be the, the most important guy in this game, right? But I'm going to go Emory. I want to see some Emory. I want to see some different packages. So I'm going to throw Emory in there, um, Damian Pierce in the run game, and then Kyle Pitts. Those three guys need to be our playmakers to, to get the ball rolling. And, and, and You know what I'm saying? For us to smack this shit by 30. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want a close game. I want to I wanna embarrass these people. We should embarrass these people. Absolutely. Ahmad, give us your three players, your three impact players in the game. Um, my three impact players, um, you got to go with Kyle Trask, number one. Um, I, I think he uh, he gets out there, he controls the game, uh, you know, gets us downfield, puts some points on the board. Also, um, with um, with uh, Pierce back there, um, grind out some yards, get us some, some tough yards. Um, when we get up at the end of the game, um, just kind of Kind of drain some clock, um, bring it home. I think he can grind out some 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 yards and uh, and grind that clock down. Um, my third one is going to be on the other side of the ball. I'm I'm gonna go with Elam. I'm, I'm gonna go with Elam on the other side of the ball um, because of, of the simple fact that uh, we control the air game. 
um, we win the game. I don't think they're good enough to, to be able to run the ball on us um, in between the tackles and whatnot, and then we, we control the air. Um, it, it's a win for the good guys. I'll say I Gators 31-17. I like that score. I keep thinking we're talking about each side of the ball. Um, so three. do you want to take out a player? You only get uh, three yeah, total I changed players. my whole thing. Three total players. Yeah, I changed my whole <laughs> shit. What, what do you mean? I was, I was like, man. I mean, Silk maybe thought the Gators are going to put up sixty-three. What do 74? you mean? Um, <laughs> uh, impact players. I think it's just certain guys we know going to do do their thing that we yes, expect yes. to do. Expect to do things, but I'm still on this Jacob Copeland thing. You know what I'm saying? A lot of talk, a lot of hype all these years, bro. I think he needs to be show me some flashes. So I think he needs to make an impact on this game. Um, I'm gonna go Brent Cox because of the hype. All the hype guys. Brent Cox is that the next guy, and I'm, then I'm gonna go Kair. Those okay. my three, the three hype beasts all this offseason. I want to see those boys get out here. You know what I'm saying? Show themselves a little bit. Pause. I got you. I'm gonna go. Um, and so you gave a score. I'm sorry, I might have missed yeah, what, it. What was the score? Oh, you know, I like the burgers. So I'm gonna get ignorant. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, yeah, I go 41. Uh, Thirteen. Okay. They get a garbage town, a garbage time touchdown or something. I'm I'm ignorant with my predictions. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm gonna go. I uh, I'm gonna go Gators win this one. I'm gonna go 42, uh, 16. Um, I think the Gators run away with this one. I, I don't think it's particularly close. I think maybe the first quarter gets a little slow, but I think that Florida, you know, really is is better because of continuity uh, alone. Um, I think they've got more talent and everything else, but I think continuity really helps them. Uh, for my impact players, I'm going to go Trayvon Grimes. This is his year to be uh, wide receiver one. I think he's going to make a I big like impact. It. Um, on the uh, the other side of the ball, I'm going to go Amari Bernie. I think that if uh, you know either Matt Corral, who can be somewhat mobile, and then obviously John Rice Plumley, who's very mobile, uh, is out there, I think you're going to need a guy like Amari Bernie to be able to to get out there and you know either QB spy or I, I see him leading the team and 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 uh, tackles. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Sean Davis. Uh, I think that Sean Davis has a big game at safety. Uh, I think that he maybe gets away with an interception, maybe a fumble recovery as well, uh, and then maybe five or six uh, tackles because I think John Rice Plumley will get to the uh, the second and third level just by the nature of him being quick. Uh, so I like uh, him as well to make an impact. So that's good, shout boys. Out, uh, shout out to Donovan Steiner getting that star position. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. As well, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, being consistent, the best – the best quality and the best trade you can have is being available. That's so right. So shout, right. shout out to uh, Donovan Steiner. Keep showing up. I hope he gets better. Everybody's allowed to get better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm ready to see all these guys play Saturday. I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh. And as we just mentioned, as of 837 on Monday, uh, Florida is 14.5-point favorites. That rose from, I believe it was either 10.5 or 11, depending on the sports book that you looked at. Uh, and the over-under right now is 57. I see the over-under maybe dipping – Maybe a point or two, um, but I also see that that Florida uh, might grow to maybe minus fifteen before I think some people bet that number down. Uh, and I think that we go into the game with a, with a final, uh, you know, four or 13, 13 and a half uh, point and favorite. I got some insider heat behind the okay. scenes. I think that um, not to take anything away from. I don't think the depth charts are just say. I think some of it's not, especially in the secondary, maybe yep. at the star position. I don't think that's the the, the official official starter at that position. That's what I'll say. Okay, that's right. That's that's why you listen so to an hour and a half in to the stadium and well, Gale guess, show. Well, guess what? No, 
And when I get the info, I give it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have it before. I just got hit up with some gems, so I got to share with the people. You go out there and get two picks and run one back for 80. Ain't nobody going to remember nobody else behind you. That's right. Depth charts are only there for the media. Um, That's it. That's it. That means nothing. Yeah, bro. All right, so let's get a uh, a Manscaped ad read. I've got a couple questions from uh, Twitter and Patreon that I want to ask you boys, and then we'll uh, we'll take out the end of the show. Let's ride. So let's ride into a Manscaped ad read. Oh, yeah, that's what we were doing. Shout out to Manscaped.com. <laughs> <laughs> the number one in the game when it comes to man grooming needs, man. You boys can't be walking around here with the uh, the chafing balls, sweating. I know summer is ending, but it's still Florida, man. We our fall don't really hit to about October, so you boys need to get that deodorant chase. You know what I'm saying? Keep them balls right. Got the lawnmower 2.0 to keep them trimmed. Let's keep it rolling, man. The, the Clippers didn't win against the Nuggets. You can still save your series, fellas. Lawnmower <laughs> 2.0, man. You know the vibes. We whacker still keeping my nostrils clean, flourishing. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing, man. Code coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off. Free delivery. Manscaped.com. I love it. I love it. All right, boys. This one's from uh from Twitter. Uh, you guys both played, so you guys will be able to answer this question. Uh so Ahmad, what's it like to play with a team uh where maybe you um maybe it's a new coach, maybe it's a new offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, where you don't have much film on them coaching their current players? How do you go in and, and prepare for that kind of game? So we what we did always uh, we because that's how you how it is obviously the first game of the season we will always look at their bowl game um, from the year before or um, if it's a new coach to that team or new you know uh, scheme to that team we will look at the team where they were before so we right. look at some of their old games right that's how we, we, we counter that that's pretty much how it goes down like that's, that's all that's, <laughs> yeah that's all you have you you just look at like Lane you just look at old Lane Kiffin what he likes to run. Yeah. Uh, what sets he like to get in? What he did the last FAU? What he did at Bama? Like what he's been doing lately? His tendencies in third down. It's the same thing, just not the same players. Uh, and he could totally not do any of that stuff. He could, he could show up and not do anything you've been studying. So that is a kicker, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And then uh, final question um, from Patreon and from Twitter. So we're gonna ask it. Um, besides the obvious, probably CJ McWilliams, based on the news we just heard, uh, what's your biggest surprise from the depth chart reveal? I'll go with mine um, first. I'm going to say Malik Davis being listed as a yeah. order. Yeah, for sure. That's, okay. That, that's, that's, that's definitely one of them. Uh, the, the gamble surprised me too, because, you know, um, you know, like, like Silk said, he, he heard that gamble was, was uh, being pretty productive in the scrimmages and whatnot. So. You know, we got it or because, you know, I kind of expected Keon to be in there. You know, I'm a Lakeland guy, so I, I was ready to see Keon get in there. But, you know, hey, whichever whichever guy is the, the best guy in there, that's, that's what we're rocking with. So, um, you know, those three positions are what kind of started me the most. I think yeah. the, the elephant in the room we didn't even address uh, is probably Brad Stewart, right? Right. Yeah. We talked very briefly about it. Right. I think um, – that's the biggest prize to anybody look at the depth chart if you're not informed. Like, you're the casual fan that's not fanatics like like us and cover this stuff. You're like, yo, where did this guy go? So I think that would be on, on, on the average fan's eyes, like, who, wait, where did Brad Stewart went? So um, figuring out that situation and Campbell, those those two guys not being on it was the, 
was not a surprise to me, but I know it was a surprise to a lot of people. And the fans kind of want to know about it. Um, trying to think what other position. I think Lingard just not being on the top three was a surprise to me in the running back room. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So and and, and Wells as well. Uh, I thought Wells were crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I think that's got to be something off the field. It like got to be something off the field because, because they were getting too much praise to these guys, you know, um, when these guys started back up and started practicing. So. Yeah. No, I'd agree with you guys. I'd agree with you guys. Um, well, good show, boys. I mean, this is this is content, right? This is uh, this is why you listen. It's exciting to have football back. It's exciting to talk about real things. Can't wait to do it with you guys next week. Ahmad, um, I believe it's your song for Word of the Week, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about. No, I'm good, man. Hey, man, it's just time to play the games. Big celebrations. We all can get together at the uh, studio this weekend, hang out. I'm just glad football's back, man. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, Ma, why don't you take us out with a uh, song of the week, and we'll see you guys on Saturday and uh, and go Gators. Song of the week, man. Whole lot of choppers by Soda Baby. What you know about Soda uh, Baby? Nothing. Yeah, about that. That. I I it's, know it's nothing TikTok, about that person. Don't I, you, my man. I literally know hey. nothing about. I don't even know who that is. You're gonna learn today. I will learn tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> you don't listen to it this time of night. Yeah, hey, I'm, about to watch lightning. Lightning. Yeah. I'm about to go watch my lightning. Uh, yeah. All right, Dan, what are we gonna do tonight, man? We're down 0-1. We're, we're up. We're up one nothing right now in the tonight. game, though. So um, okay, okay. So okay, fingers cool. crossed. Um, hey, y'all, let me know if we win, bro. Cause I'm gonna be watching. So y'all gotta you let know. me know if we win. I'll let you know. It's the only bro. time I watch it. I told Dan in the playoffs. It's the only time I watch watch hockey. I cheer in playoffs. In person. That's it. Right. All right. Well. All right. Same corner, same time, fellas. See you guys Saturday. Thanks for hanging out. Alrighty. Yeah.
pack. Like soon as you hit a click back, you know that's the end of real rap, that's the end of the bullshit. You know I got a full clip, hmm. walk out and use it, hmm. walk right past your bitch and have to say excuse me. Hmm. I thought she was a groupie, kinda find out, bitch pulled up around with a goofy. Hmm. That was you. You want on that couch with me and Huey I had bitches in the wife shaking booty Had them in the parking lot showing coochie Had them in the bathroom making unruly Little bitch want ride it Told the bitch don't get out her body Get right beside me I'ma get in that thing, get to sliding This bitch making me feel erotic She gotta get on this rocket I don't give a fuck about her mileage And her grandma I'm related to the whinings They wanna see me do my dance In these thousand dollar pants Don't disrespect me and my mans Whole lot of choppers on